international intrigue, espionage, and nuclear-powered submarines. No, it's not the plot to a Tom Clancy novel. This is reality, and it happened in Maryland. A nuclear engineer working for the United States Navy and his wife have been charged. Jonathan Toby was a member of the Navy and Navy Reserve, and for over a year he worked with the Chief of Naval Operations. Toby had the clearances to access highly classified information sought by Russia and China, among others. But that's where he made his big mistake. Thinking that he was communicating with foreign spies, the engineer has actually been talking to disguised FBI agents since December. The Justice Department has not alleged that Toby actually made contact with any foreign governments. Even the best-kept secrets can be discovered and sold. But the gospel is different. It shouted from the rooftops. And Jesus told us that this good news would be proclaimed to all nations. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series called The Call of Christ. Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? John the Baptist's famous question for Jesus. He was pretty sure his cousin was the Messiah. But when he landed in jail, he began to have his doubts. So how could John know that Jesus really was the Messiah? In a moment, we're going to look at the Lord's great response. It's simple yet profound, and many missed it. So stay with me today as we not only dig into God's Word together, but we hear a couple of excerpts from season two of The Chosen, just out on DVD. My wife and I have really enjoyed watching this series. Have you seen it yet? Such an imaginative way to tell the story of the Messiah through the eyes of those he called to himself. I asked Dallas Jenkins, the creator of the series, if He knows how many seasons this series will run. There have been many shows who, when they started, weren't exactly sure where they were going because they didn't exactly know how many seasons they were going to last. We kind of took a different tact. Even when we were planning out season one, we started with where we were going to end up. Now, the, the beauty is, spoiler alert, we know how the Gospels end. And so we started with that and then worked our way backwards. We want to make sure that seasons six and seven which should cover the crucifixion and the aftermath of the resurrection. We want to make sure that those are as impactful as possible. So we actually knew going into it, we, you know, we start with the final season, the final episode actually, and we know exactly how that's going to end. And then we work our way backwards all the way to season one so that each season sets up the next season and makes it that much more impactful. That's Dallas Jenkins, the creator of The Chosen. We're going to hear more from this special series a little later in the program, but first, I want to give you an opportunity to get the brand new Just Out Season 2 on DVD for your gift to support Haven Today. I know as you watch this epic yet faithful to the Scriptures series, you'll be pleasantly surprised as you better understand the times and the places where Jesus walked. Even more, you'll be pleased to re-meet people like Peter, Mary Magdalene, and John the Baptist and know them in a brand new way. Call us after the program, and our number to call is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or better yet, go to our website, watch some of the excerpts from the show that we have there, and then make your gift and ask for the DVD collection. 
Our website is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And while you're on our website, check out the full video interview I shot with Dallas on one of the sets from this series, from the TV show. And now, let's start the program with the Norton Hall Band. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene And wonder how he could love me A sinner condemned unclean How marvelous, how wonderful And my song shall
I stand amazed by the Norton Hall Band here on this Haven today. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me, taking time out of your busy life to meet up together. Who is the Messiah? You and I have the New Testament to help us. We can read about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We can understand what his apostles wrote about him after the fact. But what if we lived before Jesus came? Or what if we were alive when he began his public ministry? Season two of The Chosen tackles this in the third episode. Listen as some of Christ's disciples are beginning to talk about the reality of studying under the Messiah. The word is already spreading so fast. I didn't think about that. Have you thought about the fame from all of this? I wouldn't mind being famous. (laughs) I'm not surprised. It's not as fun as you might think. I cannot remember a time I did not think about the Messiah at least once a week. My whole life I prayed and prayed that he would come during this time, and I just hoped that I would at least get to see him. But to be close to him like this, a nobody like me, I... (sighs) What's not fun about that? Step back with me and imagine that we are Jews living in the first century. We are poor by modern standards. We're dirt poor. We have food, but not a lot of food. We have a roof over our heads and not much else. But life isn't too bad either. We work hard for a living. We have a loving family. And we get to go to synagogue on Saturdays. But then one day, a carpenter turned rabbi meets us. And there's just something different about him. He speaks in a way that no one has ever spoken before. And his words, they have power. But then we see something no one ever expects. He performs a miracle. Maybe we see the water turned into wine at a wedding in Cana, where a person is healed of a lifelong ailment. What do we think? How do we process this? I don't know about you, but I'd at least be a little bit scared. And I would have to process it by talking about it with others. And that's what the disciples did. If someone had told you growing up that you would be a student of the Messiah, you, you would be close to him and you will help him in his mission, what would you have thought? I would have said, sorry, I'm a girl. Ask my brother. (laughs) Fair enough. But really, Thomas, hmm? what would you have thought? I would have thought, I don't have military training. That's uh, still a problem, actually. Exactly. When I was a child, I used to think how amazing it would be to see Messiah kill all the Romans on my street, and I wanted to help him. I trained every day with a wooden sword. Yes, and I have this scar that proves he was pretty good. (laughs) I used to imagine that the Romans would break into our home, and I would be hiding under the bed with a knife. And just when they came to get me, Messiah would... Rescue me at the last moment. I didn't think we'd be spending our time healing. Well, watching him heal. And they'll never stop. The people come, the more they hear about it, and we're just going to be doing this the next five years, and we'll never get to the fighting part. Eager to bring out that wooden sword of yours, are you? Do you honestly not know what I'm talking about? I guess I haven't had any expectations. It's probably why it's a little easier for me. I can remember as a little girl hearing about how someone would save us someday, but I don't remember much about it. Why is it you expect a warrior? Zechariah. 
for I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city will be captured. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fights on a day of battle. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east. Yes, yes, yes. The Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, and half of it will move in all this craziness, but we don't even know when this is going to be, if it's even in this lifetime. Here's what I also do not understand. Isn't the Messiah supposed to come at a time when all is holy? That's at least what you've been telling me. What is that from? Even a prophetic poem from the rabbis not so long ago. And there shall be no unrighteousness in them on his day. For they shall all be holy, and their king shall be the Lord Messiah. This is why the Pharisees do not think he is the one, Mary. You have to help clean up the red quarter first. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he's waiting for us to be holy. I think he's here because we can't be holy without him. From the newest series of The Chosen, season two. That was a fairly common way of thinking about the Messiah back then. The word Mashiach, in fact, comes from the Hebrew word for anointed. In the Old Testament, a person would often have oil poured on their head as a way to show that they were chosen, that they were set apart for a specific purpose. But the Messiah was the anointed one. But what was his purpose? Well, a common idea when Jesus came on the scene was that the Messiah would be some kind of military or political leader. Remember, the Romans were in control of Galilee and Judea at this point in history. And the Jewish people wanted nothing more than to throw off their yoke to Rome. After all, how could the people of God be ruled by pagans? We read about the zealots in the pages of the New Testament. These were Jewish people who not only wanted to be free from Rome, but were even willing to fight and die to accomplish it. And for these zealots, how could the Messiah do anything less than kill the Roman army and drive them away from the promised land? Really, for any Jew, how could there be a Messiah who didn't leave them free and powerful? Some ancient Jewish people even expected two Messiahs. The son of David would be the powerful ruler who would crush Israel's enemies, and then the son of Joseph would be the suffering servant. But none of these things were God's plan. Instead, he gave us Jesus, the suffering servant who rules over all things. We've heard these excerpts today from the third episode of The Chosen, season two. And this episode has a title, Matthew four twenty-four. And what does that verse say? News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. What a line, and he healed them. After this whole list of things that I just outlined, pain, seizures, and paralyzation, and demons, but this rabbi, this Jesus of Nazareth, had power over all of these things. This wasn't a rabbi thing. Rabbis were teachers not supernatural healers. It wasn't a Nazareth thing, either. We know from other verses what people thought about the residents of this city. So, where did this power come from? It had to be from God. The Old Testament was clear. Only Yahweh could do these things. In Isaiah 35, the Lord gave these words to the prophet, 
Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. So what should we learn about the healings that Jesus was doing? Why is this even in the Bible? Is this a promise to us that he will heal all of us like he healed those Syrians? Is God telling us that Christ will fix all of our problems and set us on a life free of trouble? No. What these healings tell us is very simple. This man was the Messiah, and he was God. You know, sometimes it's easy to read the Gospels and be hard on the disciples. We might ask, how could they not get it? But would we get it had we been living then? Would we be quick to think, oh, this rabbi is God come in the flesh? I seriously doubt it. This went against their expectations that they would have had, and it goes against our expectations too. In Matthew chapter 11, John the Baptist was also suffering from doubts. We read, when John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? And remember what Jesus answered and told them? Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. So Jesus answered John by telling him about the miracles he had performed and the people he had healed. How could John not know that this was the Messiah. By looking at what he was doing, and ultimately what he did was die on a cross for his people and rise again. This was not a Messiah who killed Romans. Instead, he was a Messiah who healed, delivered, even saved. And this was the Messiah who made even a Roman centurion say, surely he was the Son of God. This anointed one is the Messiah that the Jews needed. And he is the one we need too. Jesus calling us to himself. And we can know that the one who calls us to repent and believe in him is truly God. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came to reclaim hallelujah what a savior hallelujah what a
Hallelujah. What a Savior. Sovereign grace here on Haven Today and a program called The Call of Christ. Wasn't it inspiring to hear Christ's response? The Old Testament said the Messiah would come with signs and wonders, and sadly, some people missed it. Their eyes were blind and their ears were deaf, but I'm praying that the Messiah's message has had a profound effect on your life today and on the lives of those you love. And they can hear this message in a new way by watching the just-released second season of the Chosen TV series. There are a lot of TV shows out there today on a variety of networks and streaming services, and so many are just a waste of time. But I know as you watch all eight episodes of the Chosen Season 2, you'll be inspired. You'll see how ordinary people like you and me were transformed by the simple message of the gospel taught by Jesus Christ. So for your generous gift to this listener-supported ministry, I'd like to send you the DVD collection, The Chosen, Season 2. Call us right now, would you? At 800 654 2836 800-65-HAVEN. Or go over and watch some clips from the series as well as the video interview that I shot with Dallas when you visit our website. And after you're done with that, you can make your gift and get the DVD at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. A thriving family, a stable, well-paying job, two cars and a house, 
Some people call this living the American dream. The only problem is finding contentment on that path is always elusive. And that's because God never intended us to find ultimate fulfillment in anything but Him. You know, the Apostle Paul once wrote, This same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from His glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. And when he wrote those words, Paul wasn't thriving by worldly standards, not at all. He was a prisoner in chains. But if he could give thanks to God there and then, what's stopping you and me today? Try out the printed edition of Anchor Devotional today. Visit getanchor.com.